0: As you might have guessed, we're speaking on the Beatitudes. If you haven't, then you've missed two great sermons by Ed so far. Um, with that in mind, if you'd like to do some more reading around the Beatitudes, I'd highly recommend this book. It's by Charles Spurgeon. Don't let that put you off. It's really interesting, um, but do get a dictionary to hand, because there are some long words that I had to look up. So, um, But it's really, really good. Um, so I'll put it down here and have a pen through. Shirley, just for you. Now I wonder, growing up as children or even now, I know Ed is into graphic novels, cartoons. What are your favourites? Shout them out. Road Runner, Bugs Bunny. I like it. Tintin. Tintin awesome. You said that th- in the first service. I, don't like more this time. <laughs> I know one Ed really does like. It's Calvin and Hobbes. Um, We've got lots if you'd like to borrow any. <laughs> one I used to watch as a child was Pinky and the Brain. Um, you might not have heard of it. Um, so Pinky is the tall one. Brain is the one with the big brain. They are lab rats or lab mice. And every evening, Pinky would declare, so what are we going to do tonight, Brain? Brain. And Brain says, we're going to take over the world. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Obviously, um, every episode, they have this plan to take over the world. And it doesn't go to plan. It normally goes very wrong. Um, and I don't know why I watched it particularly. Probably because my brother liked it. Um, but that was it. But today's verse and subject stands completely in opposition to taking over the world. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's Jesus speaking here, as you will um, have gathered. And he's drawing directly from Psalm 37. And in Psalm 37, it says, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. But the meek inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. But the sort of meek, it's not a word that I'd use to my children, say, let your behavior be meek. I don't think they'd know what I meant. It means gentle, humble, patient, forgiving, and contented. Go for it, Charles. The Greek word here in Matthew is praeus, and the root there up says, this difficult to translate root means more than meek. Biblical meekness is not weakness, but rather refers to exercising God's strength under his control, i.e. demonstrating power without undue harshness. That doesn't really sound like the meek we'd use, does it? In our context, it, you know, it stands in such great contrast. If I were to say meek to you, you might think easily imposed upon, submissive, long-suffering, resigned, bore-bearing. A doormat, perhaps. Perhaps that's what we think of when we say meek. I come across a great illustration to do with an anvil. It's not something we see in daily life, but it's a great illustration. The anvil stands still, while the hammer beats upon it. But one anvil wears out many hammers. Likewise, gentleness or meekness and patience, will ultimately win the day. Now, I had to ponder on this when I was reading it, and I was thinking, oh, yes. In an anvil's lifetime, it probably has thousands of hammers. When we're meek, we're like that anvil, strong. Meekness is not weakness. In fact, meekness is comparable to great strength. It will endure, and it will last. What's astonishing and even comforting to me is Jesus uses this word, this very word, to describe himself, Meek, the Son of God, meek, gentle. In Matthew 11, it says some very familiar words. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, I am meek, and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Son of God is meek. We've got a great example there, haven't we? Jesus is our role model. And meekness isn't just about personal character, it's how we relate to one another. That's perhaps the tricky bit. In our relationships with one another, we are to follow Jesus' example. In Philippians 2, it says, and brings a further comparison, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus is our blueprint, our template, and he had lofty, he came from a lofty place and humbled himself. And I hope I'm not asked to go to the cross, but he went to the cross. He humbled himself even to death on the cross. And I was reminded when we were praying about Kelly, the father knows exactly what Kelly's going through because he had to lose the son. Jesus is a bit like a negative. If we have the next picture slide. I, I could have used a more modern camera, but I thought an iPhone doesn't look quite the same as a camera like that. This is a quote from this book, actually, from Charles Spurgeon. The meek in spirit are like a photographer's sensitive camera. As the word of God passes before them, they desire to have its image imprinted on their hearts. So as we see Jesus' model in front of us, as we see it written down in scripture, that's the negative, the blueprint, the template we're to follow. And almost playing spot the difference with your life. What does it, when does it look the same and when does it look different? Jesus is the, viv, the visible image of the invisible God. It's that image we're called to replicate. Because we're his children. We are his heirs. In fact, together with Jesus, we are heirs to God's glory. But as Romans challenges us, if we're to share in his glory, we're also to share in his sufferings. When we were at Bible college, I did a dissertation a long time ago. I don't think I could ever do anything like that ever again. 10,000 words or something ridiculous. Um, and it was on discipleship. Discipling Women in the Church, which I'm still doing today. So I think it was quite a a good subject. But there was a classic book called Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer that uh, um, Shirley reminded me of this week, actually. And when talking about inheritance, there's a great quote here. The renewal of the earth, beginning at Golgotha, so that's where Jesus died, where the meek one dies, it's at that point that God's kingdom will spread. And when God's kingdom finally comes, the meek will. The gentle, the humble, shall possess, shall inherit the earth. The verse says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. But what is this inheritance? What is this that we shall possess? Thankfully, this inheritance is something that cannot spoil. It cannot fade. It doesn't, it's not like gone off milk in the fridge. It is for those who are known by name, known by every hair on their head, who said yes to Jesus. It's to live with God forever in his kingdom but also present now. What's astonishing to the Jewish listeners is you're saying, I don't have to be a firstborn male to inherit God's kingdom. Yes, I am. So that's all of you. You don't have to be the firstborn and you don't have to be a man. It's for everybody. We can go from being nobodies with little self-worth to becoming joint heirs with Christ and to be seated with him in heavenly places. You've got a chair with your name on it, reserved, from paupers to royalty, you don't need to wear sackcloth and ashes anymore. You've got a crown and royal robes. And if in your head you're thinking, no, I haven't, yes, you have, because I think the same. No, I haven't, yes, I have. This is, but this inheritance isn't something we can work for. Like the elder brother in The Return of the Prodigal Son, he was working for his inheritance. It's a gift that's freely given. And we do not earn this inheritance by our meekness, humility, and gentle spirits it's a gift. The Beatitudes, they set forth blessings which God bestows. It's not a reward for merit or for work, but it's a gift of grace upon those in whom God is working. And developing a meek character isn't something you can work at in terms of, well, if I think hard enough, then I'll be meek. If I just concentrate, then it will happen. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And gentleness, which is the same as meek, it's listed as a fruit of the spirit, so it's something that's grown. It's something that's developed. And God really challenged me this week. Um, I go on a school run most days, and on the way back, I don't have Ella chatting to me. I have Headspace, um, and I just said to God, "I can't do these beatitudes. They're too hard." And then I realised they're Beatitudes, not do attitudes. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're not called God's servants or slaves. We're His friends and His children. So however much I try to do a beatitude, it's not going to work because I can't do it. It's not me that's doing it. It's God's gift of the Holy Spirit transforming me. There was once a shepherd on the Salisbury Plain. The doctor asked him, what kind of weather will we have tomorrow? Well, replied the shepherd, we will have the sort of weather that pleases me. The doctor then asked, what do you mean? And the shepherd answered, the weather that pleases me always pleases God, too. Shepherd, the doctor said, your lot seems somewhat hard. Oh, no, sir, he replied. I do not think so, for it abounds with mercies. But do you not have very hard work, do you not? Yes, he answered. There is a good deal of labor, but that is better than being lazy. But don't you have to endure many hardships? Oh, yes, sir, he said, a great many. But then, I don't have as many temptations as those people who live in the midst of towns. And I have more time for meditating upon God's word. So I'm perfectly satisfied that where God has placed me is the best position I could be in. I wonder if you look at your life this morning, do you feel perfectly satisfied that where God has placed you is the best position you could be in? I don't know what your week's held. You could be very unsatisfied with the position God's placed you in. But God's message for all of us this morning is he's put you exactly where you need to be today. And he'll give you exactly what you need, whatever life throws at you. Could I have the last slide, Charles? This is the message interpretation of Blessed Are the Meek. And it says, You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more and no less. I don't know about you, but my life's work with God seems to be being content in just who I am, no more, no less. And I don't think until his kingdom is finally here that I'll fully feel content with who I am completely. But you're blessed when you're content with just who you are right now. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that cannot be bought. Meekness is about being gentle, humble, gracious, patient, forgiving, contented. But it's not a work we can do, it's God's Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord I thank you that you speak to us in a myriad of ways in your creation outside in your word in people around us in a still small voice but I thank you that you don't ask us to be anything else apart from who you've made us to be. Thank you that we are your children and co-heirs with Christ. So we just give ourselves afresh to you into your hands this morning and Holy Spirit I pray that you'd forgive us for when we try to do things that we just need to be at. Forgive us for when we try to work harder at being humble and gentle. May you grow your fruit of the Spirit in us every day. And as Dom read, you don't ask us to be as the world does, you ask us to transform ourselves, renewing our minds. Thank you that you say, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Thank you, Lord. Amen.